Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. Zwift's growth has gone off the charts. We have some very interesting numbers. The London extension drops, lots of extra miles and lots of trees. The Zwiftcast sound test, three top-end trainers are in the noise lab. And Zwift Quest, is it a race? Is it a challenge? Is it a new way of Swifting? Welcome to the first Swiftcast of 2018. New year, but same old crew, I'm rather glad to say. Shane, good day, mate. How are you? I'm pretty warm at the moment here. It's about 35 degrees outside and it's steaming hot, so I'm good. Very good. Nathan? Good day, uh, good day, mate. I've done it again. Yo, dude. <laughs> good day. I'm good with that. Good day. I'm doing well. You. Good to see you, Simon. Good to see you, Shane. Well, um, hot as hell with you. No doubt, cold and white with you, Nathan. And as usual for a British winter, mild and damp with me. Um, Shane, mild and damp might be two words that come to mind when describing the new course. Oh dear, I'm really sorry about. That was that was a, a bad a bad pun, a painful link. But I did watch your YouTube assessment of the London extension, mm-hmm. and I have to say, fella, you looked kind of bored. Yeah, look, I wrote it when no one else was around, so I did the world hack as soon as it dropped. I jumped on, and it wasn't a London day, so I did the world hack and jumped on. It was pretty sparse. I had to have a couple of chats to the deer on the side of the road there. Um, I think I stopped at a few gates and I tried to read a few street signs and I used a camera angle to jump on the other side of the wall. That's about it, actually. That was interesting, but with no one else around, Zwift feels a bit empty. Yeah. So, yeah, look, there wasn't anything spectacular. There was no change to the experience, just some more roads, which is always welcome. But, yeah, it wasn't, there was no real wow factor there. We'll go, we'll go on to talk about the reason that, that this or well, one of the main reasons this extension may exist at all. But I, I think it's probably fair to say that even the most diehard of Zwifters suffered a, a degree of what we might call underwhelmage with the um, with the visuals. I mean, they were. It is. It's sort of featureless. So I did like the castle on top of the hill, which was, is it Leith Hill Castle or something? But we couldn't get to it. If we could have ridden up to the castle and, you know, thrown a U-turn around the little, you know, the castle itself or something and checked it out or had a look at the moat, that would have been interesting, but there was we sort of could just see it from a distance. So not much there, but it does give us a few extra options. Was there three or so different pre-selected routes with this mm-hmm. drop? So that's pretty cool. There's a 40K one that I'm keen on doing. It's quite flat for a start and then some decent hills at the end. So that's a good 40K ride, which is about, what's that, going fast? It's about an hour, maybe mm-hmm. an hour 15, which is a good Zwifting time. So I'll be keen on checking those routes out. Mm-hmm. Nathan, to be slightly more positive, I mean, it is a lot, lot, lot more road. And, and I think if we dig a little bit deeper and we find this um, relationship with Prudential, I, I actually think this is a, a, quite an important factor in in the development of this course because, well, let me, let me ask you what you think about that. How, how crucial do you think this relationship with Prudential and with Ride London is and, and how... How germane is that to to this this extension? You see how big a lot of these e-fondos are, and I think there's yeah. a very real pull, especially at that time of year, to do the Prudential Ride on London and to be able to do it virtually and yeah. try and create that experience as close as you possibly can uh, is a big pull. 
I think, and uh, it's going to be a huge event. I think, um, you know, in real life and every year we have it on Zwift. Shane, if we dig a little bit deeper into this, you know, actually, I think this is all about subscriptions. I mean, some of the numbers around Ride London are really, really interesting. 25,000 people rode it last year, I think. I think it's up to about 30,000 this year. It's whatever. It's really, really big numbers. I would imagine there's probably an equal number, maybe twice that number, maybe even three times that number is turned away. They actually apply and they can't get in. So this is a very, very, very large chunk of people. And to an extent, this is is Zwift going for them and trying to pick them up as subscribers and kind of why not really I mean if you were running that business you might do the same uh, and, the, and the pull to these people is clearly you can train for the event if you got in and if you didn't get into the event here's a way of doing it virtually I mean is this just a sign of Zwift maturing as a business a huge chunk of subscribers there that, that they know they can go for they've got a, a relationship with Prudential so they can talk to them easily I mean, in some ways, it's a smart move, isn't it? Even if it's some lightly dull course. I think that was a question and you've nailed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very, very smart business sense. I had a look at the uh, the Strava stats a while back for last year's uh, Prudential Ride London and I was blown away. Mm. My little machine looking at the query was chugging away for hours and hours. I think we got about... 13 or 14,000 people who had uploaded to Strava at the time I looked at, there would be even more later on. So a massive market there. And I guess this time of year, as you were saying, if people are reined in and it's cold, but they want to train, they've got that carrot dangling out there that they need to ride 160, is 160 Ks yeah. all up? Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever it is, it's, it's a long distance. And right now, if you're indoors, you're not able to go outside, that can be pretty intimidating trying to even think about riding that far. So getting them on Zwift, making them more confident to go out there and nail those goals on the day for themselves, it's good business. It really is. Nathan, do we forgive them the slight the slight dullage in service of what looks to be a, a smart business move? I think you might be right about that. Also, a little bit of like, what's the incentive then for those who didn't get in? Hmm. Like, are they going to incentivize in some sort of way? Like, we're going to give away this many entries to next year's yeah, yeah. ride on London, yeah. potential yeah. ride on London if you participate or something, you know what I mean? You didn't get in this year, but participate in the virtual ride and get a chance or something. There needs to be more incentive, I think, to, because it's like, well, I didn't get in, I can do the virtual ride. It's like, that's cool, but I think some people would be like, well, I kind of like the ride outside in the summer. What's the incentive? Is there something more? And I think they could pull in a lot more subscriptions if there are some cool incentives that are in conjunction with Prudential Ride London yeah. And, you know, that, that's pretty good about incentives in that respect, too, in those rides, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that will happen. I mean, I do think we will see that happen. Um, that there's an existing relationship there, not only with Prudential, but, of course, via Prudential. It's very easy to, for, for Zwift to talk directly or through Prudential to God knows how many, 100,000 cyclists from predominantly Britain, I would have thought, but, I, but, but maybe internationally. So, yeah, big, uh, big target for Zwift to go out there to in, in search of subscribers. Um, and uh, why wouldn't you? That's the business they're in. And indeed, subscribers, numbers, numbers on Zwift is the subject of our next little discussion. January was always going to be big. And uh, my oh my, it certainly looks like it is big. 
Well, we know what we see. Riders on the platform are hitting big numbers. I saw almost 7,000 on recently, around double what we saw this time last year. Could we hit 10,000 riders on the platform simultaneously in January? Total miles ridden. This is interesting. In January 2015, it was 180,000, not very many. A year later, it was up to 5.8 million. The projection for January 2018 is over 23 million miles, a fourfold increase in two years. Average ride length is unchanged. It was 18 miles in 2016. ZHQ expect about the same in January 2018. Average FTP in 2016 was 220 watts. Two years later, that's up to 226 watts. Swifters are getting a bit fitter. In January 2016, Zwifters came from 145 countries. Today, it's 195 countries. Zwifters in Ohio in January 2016, 852. Today, it's doubled to 1,677. And the big one, number of accounts. This is not official information, but ZHQ are not denying these numbers. Bit of history first, a TechCrunch article, widely seen as well-sourced, put account numbers in October 2016 at 170,000. DC Rainmaker, quoting from a keynote address CEO Eric Min gave to an industry event in July 2017, cited a total accounts created figure of 390,000. And a story on Slate.com in January 2018 gave a figure of 550,000 riders, in inverted commas. That's not an official figure, but I've been kind of guided that it's not incorrect. Zwift is getting bigger. Uh, I mean, those are some really seriously big numbers. Um, Shane, I, I called it the big one on that little video, and, and I guess it's really, in some senses, the only one that counts, number of subscribers. Um, we don't know. I mean, you know, we don't know, but, but, but it looks as though that 550,000 accounts created number is... It, it's being allowed to be out there, which suggests to me that it's, you know, it's it's probably about right. What what do you think we can infer from that number to to number of subscribers? I mean, is it possible to take a, an educated guess or shall we just do what we like to do and have a big old speculate? <laughs> I think we'll have to take a guess at that. It's really hard because Zwift is still new. It's still relatively new. And I mean, nobody else is really doing the same in this volume mm -hmm. uh, for the social experience and social media and all that and sharing rides with other people online virtually. Oh, I'd, I'd go 15% are still paying. I think there's a lot of people who inqu are inquisitive 15%. about what Zwift is and may... Yeah, I'll go 15. I'll, I'll go very conservative. That, that um, A lot of people good. sign up and... Yeah. Yeah, I'll go 15. 
Yeah, well, I mean, well, we can't, you know, we Have can't, it. we can't know. That, that that looks a low side guess to me, but just by instinct, but, but I have nothing to judge it on. Uh, Nathan, in time-honoured fashion, higher or lower? I'll go higher. Um, and on the numbers, though, that you were talking about earlier, mainly is what tells me higher. I have a feeling it's much... I think it's I think it's higher. I think it's higher. Um I don't know, dude. educated guess. Uh accounts created. You look at 550. I'll say 50% sign mm. up. Yeah, I I, I, I think about 50%. I, yeah, I think I think if I was guessing I'd I'd, I'd probably think 50% one in two was was, was reasonable. But you know, we will we, we'll never know, will we? Less. I mean, we'll we'll never know because because these companies, uh, companies of this type, just do not disclose subscriber numbers. But I mean, as I said in that little video, there we've got the evidence of our own eyes, and um, it's it's a pretty crowded place at the moment, and and a couple of matters do arise from that. Um, Shane, do, do you? Well, I know you've not been on much because it's 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 hot as hell in Australia in summer there. But but when it is very very crowded, do you do you do you get this kind of claustrophobia thing that some people are talking about? I mean, we have seen this reference to Watopia being one everlasting gigantic pace line recently. Yeah, for sure. It was yesterday. I was on uh, doing erg mode on a trainer here, mm. and I threw a U-turn. So I rode for about a kilometer on the flat course. Threw a U-turn. And I rode back and I actually put the video on Instagram because I, I, the little comment was just going for a ride with a few thousand mates. There was only 2,700 people on, but that start uh, area on Watopia was so busy. Mm. Uh, it was busy coming the other way. It was very quiet going because not a lot of people do the U-turn. Uh, but mm. yeah, it does is it very, you? Does very it bother busy. You? And, does, it, does it bother you that it's busy? It's, uh, it depends what I'm doing. If I want to just go for a ride by myself, yeah, sure. It's like you wouldn't go for a ride on a busy road uh, mm. full of traffic. You're here in Melbourne, we have Beach Road, and that's very, very busy on a Saturday morning. But if you go midday on a weekday, it's very quiet. You've got the road to yourself, your thoughts mm. to yourself. So it's replicating that. It's doing what happens in real life. It's If it's busy, I'd rather ride somewhere else. Mm. Um, but at the moment, we don't have that option on Zwift. We've sort of all plonked into the one world. So yes, it is getting very busy, and absolutely, I can. Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what people are saying when they say it feels a bit claustrophobic, and uh, yeah, they want to sort of ride by themselves. A lot of us ride solo. I do here quite a lot. You know, just myself, mm. my thoughts, the road. That's it. On Zwift, you can't do that mm. unless you pull the internet connection once you're authenticated. Yeah, mm. there yeah. might be time for some options for us to select there. Well, yeah, I mean, world switching does does feel overdue. But on the crowded thing, I mean, I'll, I'll come to you in a second, Nathan, but, but here's my take on, on the crowded thing. I actually really like it, okay? And I, because I, I, what I, the reason I like it is is I look at all these people I'm absolutely surrounded by all these digital cyclists and each one equates to a real cyclist. And every time I look at... And runners, uh, and runners now. <laughs> and runners, yeah. And I look, at, I look around and I see all these active people and without getting kind of too preachy and 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 you know uh, you know what what do people call cyclists smug without without getting too smug about this every time i see one of those avatars that's somebody who's not got their lardy ass on a couch 
you know, and I, I actually, you know, I actually find that pretty damn pretty up, uplifting. Oh, no, I do. I mean, I find that really uplifting. I really like that stuff. You know, I'm just that's... thinking of the quotes. I'm just thinking of the quotes right now. Yeah, I, I want it on a T-shirt. I want a T-shirt with <laughs> No, but Nathan, it's true, isn't it? It's true. You know, less lardy asses on sofas. Uh, the wow factor is there, though, for, I think, a ton of people still. And when you log in and you're at that Watopia start-finish line and there's all these people around you starting their mm. rides, it's... Mm. Whoa, there is a woe factor. Now, mm. for some of us older Zwifters, we're like, it's really crowded. There's a lot of people around <laughs> here a little bit some, at times, you know? I can't find... Any more than nine you know, is busy. Like, <laughs> exactly, right? Like, But there is the UI part to it, though, that I think mm. does get crowded. That's the only part to it that... Bugs me. I love seeing all the people. I love chasing them down, going by. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Getting to know all of them. Um, whether it's just communication with my legs and how many watts we're putting out, or if we're actually communicating in some other way through text or Discord or whatever it might be. But um, the UI situation, though, the user interface of all of those entities out there is a whole nother ball game that needs some upgrades so that the interactions make way more sense and it's just not a blob of people all together all over the place mm. so that mm. we can make more sense of our social interactions. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting you should, you should say that because, um, I mean, I did get some of those, some of those figures from Zwift. Some of it I've, I've plucked from elsewhere, but some of those figures from Zwift I, uh, were, some of those figures were from Zwift. Now, there was one thing, it was a bit kind of complicated, so I didn't, I didn't put it in that little video, but, but effectively... The number of ride-ons is not increasing anywhere near in proportion to the number of riders. So, um, I mean, the, the, the kind of headline on that is Zwift is becoming a less social place as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we, I mean, we have discussed this before. I mean, do, do you think that's just because people are frightened of doing something in a crowded room, Nathan, or is it as you were suggesting, a couple of moments ago, do you think the UI needs upgrading to take account of this vastly more populated in, uh, universe that we now live in? So I click through the riders nearby daily, mm. like in broadcast, trying mm. to find what's going on in smaller groups, events. Mm. And even there, I have struggles at times. Now, when there's a mass that you're just going by, brrr, finding somebody yeah. just to give a ride on, unless you yeah. know them. Yeah. In some sort of way, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Or if you rode with them for a while, then it makes a little bit more sense. But I think um, incentivizing and upgrading the UI for the social experience is going to be really important if you want to yeah. see the same social interaction increases, like you were saying there, it, it, along with the miles as they increase as well. So. Just just maybe make it easier. I mean, I as you say, when it's scrolling like this, trying to fight, you know, trying to actually give a ride on to somebody is, is quite tough. But um, the consequences of growth, I mean, you know, that's what uh, we're dealing with. And, and um, one of the things that is now getting really huge are these mass participation events. I mean, they are really, really mass. At that eFondo a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, a few days ago, was 3,000 entrants. I mean, that's just huge, huge, huge. 
And, and these are the consequences of growth that, that Zwift are now having to deal with. Um, now, I got the chance to sit down with Charlie Eisendorf when I was in Belgium last month. Uh, Charlie is the head of events. He makes sure things like the Fondo and racing and group rides and group workouts work smoothly on Swift. And I sat down with him and just asked him, there's, there's a much longer interview actually with him later in the podcast, which is really interesting. But I did ask him um, whether there might come a time when entry to these kind of mass, pa- mass participation events is going to have to be limited. And this is what he said. It's been discussed, and we, we do have limited capability of doing that right now. Um, you know, it, it's not unusual to expect an event to have some kind of criteria. Um, in, in the real world, if you wanted to run a 5K uh, event or you wanted to join some kind of a fondo, uh, you have to register early, you have to be part of it. It's just not an open open event that anybody can show up. So, uh, you know, moving forward, we, we might have something like that. It, I could see it definitely happening. If you think about how fast Swift is growing, uh, and the fact that anybody can join an event, um, you know, a, an event could in theory have 5,000 Swifters in it. But what's that experience like? Uh, imagine joining a race that had 5,000 people. Uh, that may not be the best experience. Um, uh, but then it opens up another question, like, well, who's eligible? You know, how do I get into the race? Is it, is it first come, first serve? And, and th- those are all questions we need to figure out. But uh, the short answer to your question is, yeah, we, we definitely see some kind of limitations to events. Uh, Shane, we would, I mean, we were talking about, uh, about Ride London and like, you know, one in four entrants can't get in. So why should it be any different on Zwift? I think is what Charlie was saying. They might have to limit entries to improve the experience for the people who do get in. That's what it's like in real life. I mean, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Well, first of all, the Maratona e-fondo, that went off without a hitch, didn't it? So 3,000 mm. riders, everything was cool. Mm. So yeah. it's not a technical issue thing. So yeah. kudos yeah. to Zwift for that one. It did work. Uh, look, I think it might be about limiting limiting the supply and then that drives the demand. We see Ooh. this in the real world for nearly everything. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. That would be, so- uh, t- be my theory. Really? So you think they might be being they might be being a little bit cunning rather than just um, rather than just kind of regulating numbers for for logistical reasons? Interesting theory. Well, look, it'll, it'll drive it'll it'll drive the chat about it for sure. It'll, it'll um, mm. the hype will go up, the interest and the, the lead in will be a little uh, I guess longer as well. If people need to fight to get in and yeah, muscle their way, yeah, we shall in- see. It'd be interesting. Interesting idea. Uh, Nathan, when I was a younger man, a much younger man, the nightclubs I wanted to go to were the ones I couldn't get into. Is uh, <laughs> is this the same theory? Yeah, I don't understand the limiting uh, too much. And I mean, I could see maybe where you would have separate events. I mean, we already have the ability to separate events and call riders. And so, yeah, I think there might be I think Shane's onto something there. That uh, mm. trying to get into the club—that's a good—that's a good example. Actually, you can't get into the clubs you want to go to. So, um, <laughs> you know, and the lead-in, the whole idea of a lead-in and going to this premier event—I think uh, it will also have more incentives around those events. There'll be more, like I was saying, premier events. So there'll be events that everybody wants to do. That—that's. A cool concept. Um, you know, you'll have 
the rage quitters though like i can't do this event what are you talking about i pay a subscription you know and flip out yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody will tell them to you know it's free but it's not anymore on with facebook so <laughs> <laughs> okay well that that is one to watch with interest i, I have to say it hadn't i hadn't actually thought of that really that that, that making you know, limiting entry would increase the kind of value of these events, and uh, maybe you're right, Shane Nathan. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe we've rumbled them. Um, anyway, one way we'll continue to watch with uh, with interest. Okay, let's move on now. Very few things in life are certain, um, but the which trainer should I buy post coming up on Swift Riders at least once a week is definitely one of those certain things. Um, very difficult to give advice on these matters. All sorts of factors are involved, price, all kinds of things. Um, but one factor which can be of increasing importance, perhaps to an increasing number of Zwifters, particularly if they live in a city or an apartment or they've got close neighbours, is how much noise top-end trainers make. So uh, I've done this before, but I thought I'd do it again and do it a bit better. And here we are. Here is the Zwiftcast noise tests on trainers. In performance terms, the top trainers are all excellent. I'm sure each one may have a tiny quirk or two, but the Kicker, Neo and Drybo are all great bits of kit. It's little wonder that people agonise over which to choose. Well, one factor which may be important to some people is noise. Now, with the tunes pumping out and the fan blasting away as Swifters, we're maybe not that bothered, but other people in the house might be, not to mention neighbours. So, let's run a test. The Neo is reputed to be the quietest trainer, so that's our benchmark. We'll test the kicker and the drivo against the Neo. The room is the same. The microphone, an Audio-Technic AT875R, in case you're wondering, is in an identical position relative to each trainer. And I've set up a workout to run the trainers at a variety of wattages. I've also rigged a pretty good decibel meter, again in the same position relative to the trainer for each test. Now, decibels are useful, it is a measure of loudness after all, but this number isn't everything. It's the nature and type of sound that may be more important. Some sounds are more intrusive and may travel further than others. So, let's get on with things. This is the Neo, then Drivo, then Kicker at 250 watts around 85 RPM. I'll play them back to back with no commentary, then repeat the sounds with my thoughts. The Neo at 250 watts. The Drivo, 250 watts. The Kicker, at 250 watts. The Neo scores the lowest numbers, hovering around 68 decibel and rated as moderate by the meter. The noise is a kind of whirring sound. The Drivo tips the meter into yellow, rated as loud, although it's not really loud at all. It's a slightly harsher, more metallic sound, 
There's a distinct change in pitch for the kicker. It's a higher, whinier sound, although on decibels it's very close to the Neo, just hitting 70 once, and still rated as moderate by the meter. Let's increase to 400 watts, same drill, Neo, Drivo, then kicker, with no commentary, then I'll repeat with some detail. The Neo at 400 watts. The Drivo at 400 watts. The Kicker at 400 watts. The Neo is up to the low 70s dB, but the note hasn't changed, still a whir or a drone maybe. The Drevo's in the high 70s and seems louder, but I'm at a higher cadence and in a smaller gear than I was in the Neo. The Kicker's mainly in the mid 60s dB, but has the different higher pitch note than the other trainers. Let's push on a bit and hit some higher numbers. I took all three trainers up to around 650 watts. The Neo is consistent, still pretty quiet. No change for the Drivo, louder and fuller. Kicker, same pattern, a whine, but not troubling the meter much. So my conclusions, the Neo is a quiet trainer, but we kind of knew that. Good to see it confirmed, if you own a Neo. The Drivo, I'd rate the loudest, on the meter and in your ears, but disturbingly so, no, I don't really think so. This is the second generation kicker, and Wahoo have worked very hard to tame the wine. It's not been a complete success, but it has gone a long, long way to improve the situation over the first generation. Different noise from the others, but loud? No, it's not really. Uh, we were talking about growth earlier, and uh, we talked to uh, a very brief extract from uh, a longer interview with Charlie Eisendorf um, about uh, one of the consequences of growth. Um, and Charlie manages, as I said, the whole kind of events and clubs and groups function on Zwift. So it's it's been a, a while since I've had a chance to sit down and talk to him properly. I did get that chance in Belgium. And uh, here's what Charlie said on a whole variety of issues. Really interesting stuff, this. Have events expanded as quickly as you might have imagined or more quickly? As quickly. I wouldn't say more quickly. I, I think we all agreed that events was the future of Zwift, uh, the social aspect of riding together. Uh, there's been some big improvements over the last year. Uh, even the, the, the culling of the riders so that you don't see everybody um, is an important thing. Uh, you know, having a, a dedicated start area. Uh, I mean, for people that have been on Zwift, they, they think that it, it's been there forever. But that only started a little over a year ago. So, uh, yeah, we've made, some, we've made some important features that have made events better, but there's still a lot to do. What, what are the limiting factors, Charlie? I mean, what stops there being an event on Zwift literally every 30 seconds? Uh, good question. Um, 
it depends on the type of events. Uh, we get a lot of requests for races. Uh, the, the challenge with that is that we don't want Zwift to appear like a racing-only platform. Uh, we don't want somebody that's new to Zwift to go to the event schedule and see a race starts in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, a lot of people don't want to race, let's, let's face it. Uh, a lot of people want to do group rides. So what's the limiting factor with a group ride? Well, a group ride requires a dedicated ride leader, somebody that has experience with the platform, somebody that knows how to keep the group together. And, and even that's a challenge. It's very interesting to hear that you say you might limit races, for instance, because of the image about the platform that that may project. So that, that leads you to think that, that, that your approvals process for events is actually quite textured and quite, it's not a straightforward yes-no decision. There's quite a lot of thinking Correct. goes into it. Correct. Um, for example, if, if a race organizer wants to organize a race and, and you look at the schedule, it's like, uh, and there's a race starting five minutes before, uh, you know, is, is there a need to have a race starting every five minutes? If we have a quality race, uh, you know, why, why have another one starting five minutes later? Why don't, we, why don't we focus on making the existing one even better? Or just say to the organizer, well, you know, why don't you choose a time slot that that's, uh, doesn't have a race starting five minutes before? You know, we want events to happen 24 hours a day. Uh, what we don't want is to have the same type of event happening every five or ten minutes. The ability to host a private event. So me and my clubmates want to get together and that's all we want to do, just me and my clubmates. What's, what's stopping you doing that at the moment? It's uh, priorities. Uh, we are working on private events. It, it, it will happen. Uh, you know, the, the thing about Zwift is that everything that we say will happen, happens. It doesn't happen in the time frame that people would necessarily like, but when we say there's an expansion company, uh, coming, it happens. When we say we're going to have an event starting area, it happens. So when I say that there will be private events, it will happen. Um, I'm not sure of a, of a timeline for that. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I think it's part of a bigger picture. So when you, when you say, when is a private event starting, um, well, what is a private event? Um, is that part of a greater picture of club functionality? You know, do we need to build a portal that will allow clubs to um, uh, create a club on Zwift, uh, create their own event, have that event um, only be eligible for people that they've invited? So you know, just adding a private event opens up a can of worms. It's like, well, what's the bigger picture? You know, do we want to just say that event's private, or do we want it part of something larger, which is what we're calling club functionality? Club functionality itself suggests a kind of suite of different types of functionality and a suite of different types of things that could happen to support club riding. Is that is that in your thinking? Yeah, definitely. So let's say you want to start a club on, on Zwift. Um, you go to some kind of a portal that allows you to create your club name. It then allows you to add or delete club members. Um, within that portal, it will allow you to create your own private event. Um, you know, perhaps in the future there could be upload your team kit so there could be a function where you could upload your team kit. Um, kits will always be uh, something, a, a prize possession. Uh, so even if we have the club functionality, there may be a time when we want to limit it to a club that has, let's say, 500 plus members or something like that. Um, otherwise, uh, you, you know, to start a club and get your kit in right away, uh, it, there's a lot of development that, that needs to be done behind this. But if, if you've grown your club, if you've shown that you're a good club organizer, if you have 500, let's say, members, then yeah, you would be eligible for a, for a kit. Uh, Nathan, the idea of a 
Club Portal. That's, that's kind of pretty new to me, actually. It sounds really, really interesting. What, what, what would you like to see? Well, the ability to organize chat within game mm -hmm. with people that you're familiar with, right? So a basic guild chat is what you would call it um, in most MMO situations, right? So if it was a club chat, right? So you log in, you have global chat, but you have club chat then as well, where people are organizing and grouping together usually. Usually club chat is used then, or guild chat is used then to find a group and go do something together in the game, get objectives done, whatever it might be. So if you were logged in on that day and you had a daily or a weekly, or you were up to something with a course, or you had some sort of a workout plan, or you were planning on doing a race, it would all function within game. Other interesting part though was, if you're a club that has this amount of pull, mm. then you get these extra features. Yeah. That is unique to Zwift. Um, that is not in the rest of the game world, really. Like, if guilds exist, everybody can make one. Right. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's back Shane. Now, well, to... now I think that was just with kits, though. That was just with kits. I'm sorry. That was just yeah, with kits, well, though. Yeah, so well, he, I want to make he, that he, very clear. Very yeah. clear. Yeah, well, he was talking about extra benefits. I mean, I think he, he mentioned kits specifically, but he was talking about extra benefits accruing to clubs with 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 more numbers, was was my interpretation of that. I mean, Shane, we'd, we'd all got yep. a bit conspiracy theory early on about limiting... Uh, limiting events to make them make them more desirable is is this is this another side of that coin or is club functionality like a fantastically welcome development with you know a load more stuff and actually is is this the way forward it, you know where we've got a, a, a world which is so crowded and as we were just saying earlier very difficult to give people ride-ons is 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 chunking it down into a into a club structure you know just the way to go really that would be very welcomed in uh, in my opinion for sure i've had a lot of queries even myself in my own inbox with i, I run a, a spin class i want to do this virtually i run a club how can we do our things own thing virtually i want i don't want to be invi involved in the mainstream of you know having a, a big event for everyone worldwide i just want it my own for my own club or my own little um tribe i guess if we've spoken about tribes yeah. before very very welcome i can't wait to see where this goes and if that includes a lot more growth a lot more people on the platform and a lot more options to ride for sure mm -hmm. um nathan private events charlie was he, i mean he, he he committed to it you know he said they are going to happen it's just a question of when and that again that is another massively welcome move i think loads of people are going to welcome that the mm. best clubs who put on the best events just like the best rides that put on the best group rides grow and become really big group rides right and then the ones that are kind of like well the leader isn't pulling their weight or or it's a little bit eh, it doesn't get the feeling that the good vibes over there well that one doesn't do quite as well and so and and and, and then people of um you know like feathers end up to come together and do the same things that they want to do uh in the spaces that they have the power of power over so i think putting the power and the um, ability to organize and create your own events in those private, in you know, private club spaces is a really good idea. Well, I think it'll bring uh, Zwift back a little bit more social as well. If you're Zwifting with just your 30 group of friends or your 40 teammates or mm -hmm. 50 club mates, the chat will be a little bit more, I guess, personalized. There'll be a few yeah. in-jokes and everyone loves an in-joke. Um, yeah. Sharing an in-joke with 7,000 Zwifters, I think the only in-joke we have is I hi Um Hi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Interesting to see how that one develops. 
I've lost count of the number of times I've used that phrase on the Streetcast. I seem to use it every single time, which is because there is lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff coming down the pipeline. But um, as Charlie said, sometimes not as quickly as Swifters would like to see it, but we always do seem to get there eventually. Um, Okay, um, well, but something new that has come up is... um, a new way of racing, I think it's been described, as well as almost a new a new way of Zwifting, actually. It's Zwift Quest, and I spoke to one of its founders, Johnny Noblet. Uh, so it's a different format of uh, competitive riding on Zwift, uh, where it's not all about the FTP, uh, not about your power, not about how strong your legs are. It's about using your mind, uh, going on an adventure around uh, Watopia and also soon London and finding new places quickly, as quickly as you can and then getting back to a uh, finish point out on course. It's kind of like orienteering, isn't it? If, anybody, if people know what that is, you've got a series of checkpoints and you've got to, you've got to ride through them, but there's, there's more than one way to do it. I guess he means like spending some time with the Zwift map and, and working out the best way to do it. Is that, would that be your strategy? Yeah, I think, um, you know, looking at the map and also, because um, obviously the map's like a little bit, you know, it's flat, so you don't see any elevations, um, any of the climbs you need to do. So, like, you know, kind of going for a bit of a free ride around uh, Watopia or the other courses and getting to know, you know, where all the locations are, um, you know, it gives you kind of a good idea of, like, how to get to the places quickly. And, yeah, it's very similar to orienteering, and that's kind of where um, the kind of inspiration of it really kind of came from. Yeah. Yeah, and at the moment it's completed solo. I'm I'm thinking it that this would be a really cool thing to do actually as a team. Is that could that be could that be likely in the future? Uh, yeah, that's gonna be like very likely. It's something that we're gonna plan to do. We need to kind of work out um, how we can like validate the results uh, for team members. Um, we need to kind of do a little bit of work in the back end with my brother to make sure we get that all working. But now you mentioned your brother there. Um, was this your idea or your brother's idea or is this Noblet Brothers Inc? My brother Dan, he actually does a real life version of um, kind of Swift Quest, um, which is called Lane Quest in the Lake District. Um, so kind of we kind of chatted about it and chatted to a few people in the community about like the best way to do it on Zwift. Um, and in the end kind of went back to my brother and we decided that, you know, we could use, you know, kind of his um, kind of computer coding website knowledge and we kind of could build something together um so it was a good little kind of little brotherly um kind of project we had yeah yeah no it sounds cool actually i mean it's racing but not racing well it's it is racing but it's a different form of racing isn't it yeah it's like an, another dimension of racing on swift it kind of adds another another level of kind of in you know user input uh you know normal kind of traditional racing that we see on swift you know you kind of you put the power in for your legs. Um, you choose when you want to put in more power. You choose where you want to stick with, you know, the brake. You know, go with the brake, or if you want to stick with the pack. You know, you, you play with. That's like your only real inputs. Whereas this, there's a lot more kind of, you know, theory around like, you know, when you want to go to which location, whether you leave the climb in bits of a last, or you do that when you have got like your fresh legs, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of play around with like what routes you want to go to as well. But then I think it adds a bit more, you know, another little level of engagement. Um, and, you know, they've had, um, at the moment, we've had just over 100 people attempt it, which, considering we've not really pushed promotion that much and we're still testing it, like, we're pleased with having that number of people, you know, go for it and kind of go the extra steps to kind of get themselves kind of verified for getting the results in. 
It sounds brilliant. I mean, it sounds a bit underground at the moment, but I think the, the more people that do it, the more more it'll, it'll go mainstream. Excellent. Sounds a really, really cool yeah. idea, Johnny. Uh, well, thanks very much for all your work developing it and, and to your brother too. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have a go and report back. Top work, Johnny. Talk to you Good later. Good stuff. Good. Thanks so much, Simon. Good luck. Nathan, I'll come to you shortly because I know you've been really, really closely involved with the development and, and promotion of, of Swift Quest. Uh, Swift Quest. Um, but, but, but Shane, I just want to ask you very, very quickly first. Do, do you think this, this works as a, an alternative race format? Absolutely, it will. We saw Pokemon Go in the real world go nuts. It went crazy. Mm. We had people running around the suburbs. We had people collecting things and going out. One thing it needs, though, it needs in-game integration. Something like Mario collecting stars on the roads for 26 years now in Mario Kart. There needs to be something in-game so we can ride past and click something so we right. know we've collected it and we can throw a U-turn and race somewhere else. So yeah. absolutely, it just needs to be the integration needs to be just absolutely seamless and a heap of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I must say I found it a little bit difficult for reasons we'll we'll talk about in in a few moments, actually. Um, but Nathan, um, uh, I mean, I think Shane's right. It would be nice if uh, you know there was a ding dong bell or some damn thing when you went past a checkpoint. But but you've been you've been <laughs> you've been really closely involved in this. Um, I mean, wh wh where do you see it going? Do do, do you really see this as a, a big thing, a potentially a very big thing? Johnny and I, Johnny, Zwift Quest was Johnny's originally though. And we did the first Zwift Quest actually year ago, year and a half ago, like maybe even longer than that actually. Mm. So it, there was a long time ago, Zwift Quest launched and we did it actually as an event, as a, as a team event, Team Experimental was involved, Vision was involved, a few others. And it was actually a broadcasted team thing where we were watching where each team was going and commentating on how they were tactically hitting every spot out on course. And all they had to do was actually get a team member to each. Now this is a little different, actually. You can, obviously you can do it solo right now on your Strava account, it's connected then, and you get a time essentially. But there's a lot to do with Zwift Quest. And the, uh, the goal, again, just like with the event module and races and what we've asked for in races because of what the community has developed there is to uh, push features forward for sure. And so, mm. Um, as integration in game, I think is, is definitely something that's on the radar there. Um, I would love to see the, I love the, the idea of the stars picking up stars yeah. and yeah. like even some sort of power up while you get the star because you got it or I don't know. There's, there's so many different cool things you could do with it. Yeah. Well, well, I, I am going to talk about my experience on Swift Quest actually, because um, not, nothing to do with Swift Quest, but it was just, it was one of those, it was one of those rides for me. And I've had them, I've had them on trainers and I've had them on in real life. And it was just, uh, what can I say, boys? It was when a good ride goes bad. Okay. So, I got on the train. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't really feeling up for it. To be to be perfectly frank with you, and then I reached over to I don't know get something. It wasn't a drink because I'd forgotten to bring a drink onto the trainer. I reached over to get something and knocked the speaker off the wall. So my soundbar fell off the wall and he's dangling by the mains lead. I thought, oh God, well, yeah, what next, really? And then, so then I got off the bike, then I got back on, and it was like I'd forgotten which checkpoint I'd been to. And it was one of those rides where I just thought, why am I bothering? 
when good rides go bad. Um, Shane, either on the trainer or in real life, has has this ever happened to you? Well, you know, the stars are just not aligned. Many, many occasions it has. <laughs> uh, typically, it's called a Windows update. Halfway through a Zwift session. I've yeah, got those settings yeah, yeah. sorted now, but that's happened multiple yeah. times. It's yeah. called a flat battery on an iOS device. Yeah. It's something like that. Or, yeah, it happens often. Even outside, you just don't have that mojo. You know, you just don't mm. feel it sometimes. You just ride home and it happens to all of us, Simon, for sure. <laughs> well, it certainly happens to me big time. I was not a happy bunny. Um, the one, one thing I do want to discuss, though, uh, kind of on that line, uh, Nathan, is one of the th- do you know what one of the things I really enjoy about cycling, probably like 80 or 90% of the time that I do it, is its relative mindlessness. Now, that, this is going to sound a bit odd, but... I quite like the idea that, that you know when you when you get on a bike the only thing you're really worried about is keeping your legs moving and the pedals turning and, and obviously if you're outside like staying alive but you know that does become kind of instinctive after a while um you know and and, and it's quite <laughs> it's quite a mindless thing I, mean, I think that's what makes it therapeutic in a way you don't really have to think or the only thinking you've got to do is like i need to stay on that guy's wheel i need to not get dropped by my club mates on the group ride i need to beat this guy up the hill because i usually beat him up the hill it's quite you don't have to think you know too much and something like Zwift quest requires requires thought and when my legs are turning i don't know whether it's a consequence of my age but blood kind of seems to drain from my brain to feed the legs and I actually I find it quite difficult to think and cycle am I am I peculiar in this Nathan do you think I think there's different types of cyclists I mean I'm starting to get there maybe where I'm like okay I just want to ride and disappear but um for the bulk of my pro racing career, it was all about how do I get the fastest I can possibly get and mm. beat everybody around me and however I can or whatever it is. And so there was a lot more like thought and 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 tactical tactics going into it. So mm. for me, racing and riding always had a lot of planning thought. and mm. thinking going mm. into it mm. and not just checking out at all it was actually exactly the opposite Jane back to this this kind of thought and cycling together thing I mean time trial is notorious for focus which I'm I'm going to read as not thinking about anything else apart from apart from legs and that power uh, number on your on your display in front of you do you like to think and ride at the same time or do you like to just do the ride thing uh, definitely think and ride, but the, the thought patterns are kept quite simple. It is, can I go harder? Can I keep going as hard as I am now, or do I have to go slower? That's pretty much the three questions I keep asking myself. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. Keep it keep it simple. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, excellent mantra, that. Yes. Um, okay, all right, let's, uh, let's move on. So uh, just finally, um, whilst I had Charlie in Belgium, I did feel I had to go into this uh, slightly vexed area about which of course there is much 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 chat and amazingly we got through an entire podcast without it coming up um, so but but here it is because we can't ignore it because it gets talked about so much and that is 
racing and cheating and stuff. So I did ask Charlie whether he felt that um, Zwift should kind of um, take more responsibility, I guess is one way of putting it, in terms of regulating racing, and this is what he said. What, what can be done in the short, perhaps, and medium term to, to make racing better? I, I think it's important for us to work with the community organizers, uh, to give them the data that, that they need. Um, you know, KISS and Zwift Power and these guys have, to, have done a phenomenal job of, of rooting out cheaters. Um, but like you said, I'm not necessarily, I don't think it's they're cheating on purpose. I think it's a lot of calibration issues. Uh, and uh, But still, it, it affects people. Um, so I think giving, giving the organizers more data, working with them closely, um, we, we have no immediate plans to, to have an official organization within Zwift. Like, you know, Zwift racing, you know, does not exist. It's all community driven. It sounds from that answer as though you, you, you are going to continue to contract out effectively policing racing and maybe even sanctioning riders to a third party. That Zwift is not, if you took the, the, the sharp view, Zwift is not going to take the responsibility of doing that. What, what, what's the logic behind that? Why should, to, to put it in, in, in brutal terms, why should somebody else do your dirty work? <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily contracting out. So you know, I don't want I don't want that word to be used because um, it, it implies that we're we're paying them. You know, uh, the the community has done a fantastic job. Like I said, uh, you know. I, as a business, Swift is a business at the end of the day, uh, disqualifying somebody, a paying customer, right, is, is not necessarily the best thing to do from a business standpoint. But I'm going to jump in there, Charlie. Other MMOs do it. The community is doing a great job. And, and I, I don't want it to sound like, like you suggested, like, you know, having somebody else do our job for us. Um, we think they're doing better than we could right now. Let's just put it that way. Can, can, can Swift hold that position? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think mm. so, 100%. If the entire infrastructure is built around the community um, designing these events and putting these events on and being able to benefit from the events, though, I think that Zwift is benefiting from subscribers participating in these events and that the community members then who are putting them on, there needs to be a space then for them to play in um, in order to, you know, put a lot of work into uh, creating these events and do it. It's the same, it's the same thing kind of like a race organizer in real life. Everyone has access to the roads and or the course or wherever the course is, but an organizer that has good reputation that's made the deals with whoever owns the land or whatever it is to come in and put on a good event is going to benefit from that right but they don't yeah. own the land yeah. they don't own the sponsorships or whatever that is but they can create all those partnerships in that space and i think it's sustainable we see it in real life yeah um oh, it's good so, it, i mean that that is a, that is uh, a good yeah that's a, that's a good analogy in, in fact shane the analogy i was going to draw actually was that um was that 
okay, Zwifties a garden, and you know uh, all the all the events, all the all the garden parties that happen are created by the people in the community within the garden, which is within this little kind of walled area. Let's call it a walled garden. We used to talk about walled gardens a lot. Now that's all fine, okay, and all the events and you know poetry corner over here and God knows what here and the hot dog stall over here in the wall garden they're all created by the community who are contained within this wall garden. Uh, just to ridiculously overextend the analogy, is it not then down to the people who built the wall around the garden to keep the walled garden safe? In other words, it's kind of fine for the community to create all this content. But shouldn't Zwift have some role in making sure the place where the content happens, which is created for free by the community, is, uh, I don't know, it's such a loaded phrase now, so I, I hesitate to use it, but mm. is a safe place. Uh, uh, and so there is some regulation. The, the, the wall is built in such a way as it's not going to fall in on the community. It's crazy overextended analogy, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. I think they have the responsibility to make sure the platform is a good experience for every single user from the single user riding along at one watt per kilo to the rider riding along at six watts per kilo legitimately. So to ensure that, I think an easy way to do it though is to give ride leaders the tools to police their own events and their mm. own races or well, rides or things mm. like that. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's probably the better way to go. Um, I can see from a business point of view, they want more subscribers and denying people the service is less subscribers in theory. So yeah, they're in a, between a, a virtual rock and a virtual hard place. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, it's yeah, for sure. What it, is it, safety? It, That's the question. What is safety, Simon? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. like I would agree with you 100% when, it's, when it comes to a safe place, whether or not somebody is Z powering my KOM is not affecting my actual safety. Yeah, yeah, you know, safety is the wrong word. It's no, affecting, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it's no, affecting you, my pride. It's yeah. affecting the safety yeah. of my yeah. Yeah. KOM that I earned <laughs> UZ power beast. <laughs> like, get off it. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, safety is probably the wrong, the safe place is probably the wrong phrase. I, I guess what I meant was regulated place. So you know, mm. thing, things happen within this garden according to a set of a set of rules that we all we all subscribe to. But oh god, this is such a such a the such onus a though difficult is area. on the organizer. The onus is on the organizer, Simon. I think that's why you're going mm. after this. Mm. And Zwift mm. is now an organizer in partnership with Kiss. Mm. But there's a higher mm. level of accountability though on that organization. Mm. So the onus is on the organizer. They have the power in the government and they're in partnership with KISS right now. And so that one's going to have a bigger microscope on it, I would think. Yeah. yeah right? Like yeah. it's going to have a more official stance to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we will return to this. It's not a problem that's going to be fixed easily. Okay, let's wrap this one up. Uh, first one of 2018 and 2018 January, January, January is Down Under Month. Shane, it's the return of proper bag racing. Uh, much excitement in your bit of the forest. I know you're kind of packing your bags and off any minute now, aren't you, over to Adelaide? Yeah, less than 24 hours we're in the car and heading over to Adelaide for the week of mostly riding. We'll probably miss most of the racing. We'll catch the replays on telly, but it's just the atmosphere. It's just everyone over there riding. Hopefully there'll be a lot of live streams for people to catch up on, if not replays on the web. So if anybody wants their fix of pro tour cycling, it's coming up this week. 
Excellent, excellent. And uh, Swift are there, aren't they? They are indeed at the Rafa pop-up store, which is hidden away from the big... Uh, you'll find it if you're there, you know where it is. Um, they're holding multiple events, though, so they've bitten off a lot this time around. This is the third year we'll see Zwift at the Tour Down Under, so that's that's quite a good uh, partnership, I guess, they've had with the event running. Um, but, yeah, are they in partnership with the event, though? That is the question, or will we see somebody else? Simon, do you have some more info on that? Well, I hear I hear rumours that uh, one of Zwift rivals, Virtgo, is going to be present at the TDU and present. I I heard in the village, Shane, actually in the in the official bit of the of the TDU, which is it's quite bold, isn't it? That's quite quite quite, quite a bold move. Look. Here's, here's some inside information for people who aren't familiar with how events run. They're very exclusive. Um, the contracts, the partnerships and all that can get a bit aggressive. Um, and previously, well, I guess why Rafa is sort of hidden away is because it's sponsored by Santini, a, a clothing company. Mm. They're the sponsor of the event and no, uh, they don't let anybody else around. They've got a safe zone. Uh, so the partnerships things get a little crazy. It's not a... Um, as a consumer, you want to go there and just see everybody and see everything and all your options. It's kind of not like that. There's a lot of commercials going on behind the scenes. I think Virtua go have the jump on Zwift, but look, Zwift have the numbers. But uh, look, bring on the competition and look, Zwift will have the numbers there for sure. And I hear Zwift and beers go very, very well together. And with the Aussies and beers and Zwift, we'll all be there having a good time. Well, I'm very, very um, jealous. I mean, January in the UK is just like, God, it's the longest month. It's just grey and cold and not a leaf on the tree. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't like going out at all, outside at all in January. It's just awful. Um, Nathan, I guess it's just, you're confined to barracks as well, aren't you? Just by, by snow. It's been so cold in America from what I've seen. I mean, I know America's a big place. Yeah, like, it's, it's been uh, crazy cold. Negative 16 degrees Fahrenheit last week at one point. Um, wow. that was, I think, without wind chill, but it is warming up a little bit now. When we say warming up, it's still negative degrees, but it's it's warming up a little bit. Um, we are gonna pour an ice rink maybe in the backyard for the kids. Uh, Lindsay's been posting some amazing videos of her and the kids going crazy inside. If you don't follow us on Facebook in any way, you might want to check some of that fun out. But um, otherwise, what's happening is, you know, uh, ZCL, we have a huge focus again on the community streamers. A lot of people are starting to stream, which is really cool. Uh, we have a new Facebook group that you can join if you are live streaming or looking to get into live streaming as a support group. It's Zwift Community-Livestreamers. Um, and uh, you got to make sure to put where you're live streaming in your ass to get into that group, just so you know. Don't forget to do that. Uh, let's say goodbye. And just before we do, okay, here's uh, just final little guessing game. Shane, your guess for peak number of Zwifters, peak Zwift, peak Zwift number in January. Give us a give us a guess. Uh, I I wanted over ten thousand because I wanted that buffer mm. overflow to see if they got five digits. Um, I'll go eight 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 eight. Ooh, that's easy to remember. Uh, oh god, I sounded so camp then, didn't I? Um, eight thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight. Uh, Nathan, your your guess for peak swift, please, before the end of January. 
9,567. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Spot on. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I sort of think it would be surprising if we did get over 10,000, but one of us has got to go over 10,000, so I'm going for 10,010. Uh, there will be no, there will be no prizes for anybody uh, who is close or far away or anything. Uh, excellent. If I hit that, I'm getting something. I'm getting something. <laughs> Even if I give it to myself. Yeah, you probably should. You probably should. You probably should. You probably should find a bookmaker who takes unusual bets, Nathan, and see if see if you can put five dollars on that one. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you very much, boys. Great to see 2018 starting off as uh, we left 2017 with lots and lots of fun happening on Swift and us talking nonsense about it again, hopefully in an entertaining manner. Uh, great to see you both back in 2018. Thank you very much indeed for your contributions. See you next time, fellas. Cheers, boys. See you then. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Just the usual vote of thanks to Swift for their continued support of the podcast, for which we are very grateful. And the usual reminder that despite that support, Zwift exercise no influence over what any or each of us say. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.